Good oral health is about more than just brushing and flossing your teeth. Dental disease is 100% preventable and it starts at home with you. Yep, you heard me right. Cavities are a disease and not something our children should just get. Your mouth is a window into your body and it has an effect on your speech, breathing, chewing, heart health, so much more. And we're not listening to it. Come along with me on this journey and I'll give you a whole new perspective of the importance of taking care of your mouth and the long-term effects it has not only on your oral health, but also your overall systemic health. On this podcast, we'll bring you a mixture of professionals, experts in the field that will give you advice and action steps you can take with your kids in different situations. We're also going to have moms, dads, caregivers, just like you, having the same struggles that you are because together we can make a difference and help keep our kids healthy because a healthy mouth is a healthy body and a healthy life. And it all starts with you. Welcome back to the Healthy Mouth Movement Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about oral health and a family connection. It's actually called familial. And we do get a lot of things from our family. And what we've heard most about are genetics. What we haven't heard about are epigenetics and habits that we learn from our family. Family history can impact the way you look, how you act tethered tissues in your mouth, and health conditions that you may suffer from either as a child or as an adult. It's probably not a surprise to learn that family history can impact your oral health a lot like it can your overall health. The ways that your family history impacts your oral health can vary dependent on a whole lot of factors. Family history can impact the structure of your teeth, the shape of your palate, how you breathe, how susceptible you are to certain issues, and the habits that we develop in relationship to not only our oral care, but our overall care and the foods that we eat. We seem to put a lot of stock in genes that we inherit from our family, but new research shows that it's not necessarily the genes that we inherit, but the learned habits that we should be more concerned with. We can change our health and our future if we can change to better habits. A study that was conducted in 2011 by the New York University College of Dentistry was designed to access the link between dental health and family dynamics in children. They were testing to see if it was an actual physiological effect of parenting had on oral health. In this study, they studied 150 families that included blood and saliva samples, questionnaires, Researchers concluded that more physical and verbal conflicts that occurred between the parents, the children seemed to have more oral health issues. The research behind these findings explained that there is a clear correlation, and it's in two parts, that parents that were more negligent in habits or making sure their kids followed through with habits affected the stress levels and the psychological level. Basically, the compound effect that parents had on not teaching their children oral health habits and the stress and the conflict in general lowered their immune response that leave children in trouble homes at greater risk of oral disease like cavities or gingivitis. Researchers do point out that lax parenting habits are even more dangerous than stress factors or genetics and letting your kids eat unhealthy sugary foods was a faster track to having cavities. However, at the same time, it showed that the mind and body are connected and that we have to take care of both to be healthy overall. Genetics play a big role in how family history impacts oral health, but the environment that you grow up in is part of your family history as well. You may have learned oral care habits from your family that are still impacting your health as an adult. For example, if your entire family used mouthwash growing up, 
you may still incorporate that in your oral care routine. But poor oral habits are passed down from your family to you as well. If you never witnessed your parents brushing or flossing their teeth, you might think that that's a habit that's optional or unnecessarily. It can be difficult to determine if your oral habits are being impacted by your genes or by your learned behaviors. Ultimately, it doesn't matter so much because you can be consistent with your oral care routine no matter what cards you were dealt in the genetics field or the habits field. Family history has an impact on your general health in a way that you care for it. Poor genetics and bad role models are not good reasons to give up on developing good habits now. The reality is is that many people have factors that work against them when it comes to taking care of their teeth. Behaviors you might not even be aware of. Behaviors that once you are aware of, you can change. Health behaviors play a major role in prevention of the most common oral health diseases. Cavities are the number one preventable disease, and one of these behaviors is related to the potential transmission of oral health bacteria from mother to child. When moms wipe off the pacifier in their mouth and then put it in the baby's mouth, they actually give the bacteria that's in their mouth now to the baby that might not have had that bacteria. So health behaviors play a huge role. It was shown that mothers with children under the ages of three who attended municipal healthcare clinics in Finland, completed a self-administered questionnaire about knowledge and behaviors, such as sharing a spoon with their child, kissing them on the lips, a mother brushing their teeth, smoking, and their level of education. What these studies revealed, that the relationship between the mother's behavior and their background definitely affected the child's growth and development and their mouth health. 33% of mothers that kissed their children on the lips and 14% that shared a spoon with their child, 11% believed that that bacteria could not be transmitted from mother to child. So 68% of them reported brushing and flossing twice a day. 80% of them were non-smokers. The mother's behavior showed a clear evidence in the relationship between toothbrushing, smoking, age, and education. The mother's habits of kissing the child on the lips and sharing spoon were also related to the level of education. So the conclusion of this study revealed that the two diverging dimensions of the mother's health behaviors and her knowledge emphasized that health education should be emphasized more to avoid the transmission of bacteria in the child and that if we talk more about feeding, we can decrease the chances of kids getting cavities. So behaviors play a major role in prevention. And the most common oral disease, despite the infectious characteristics, is related to behavior. So together, diet, oral hygiene are really important behaviors that we teach our kids to prevent cavities. Constantly protecting babies and toddlers from oral bacteria is vital to their oral health. The World Health Organization has published various guidelines and recommendations on health practices for mothers and caregivers. Reducing the mother's own bacteria in their mouth will minimize the bacteria transmitted to the child and then decrease the chances of getting cavities. We need to be aware of what good habits are before we can change them. That's why I continue to learn myself on this journey to help bring this information so we can change oral habits and we can change our kids' lives. Mouth health is more than just about brushing and flossing. It's about can your kids breathe through their nose? What are their feeding habits? What is the pH of their mouth? And what are the warning signs that we can see early to prevent disease from even happening? 
One of the biggest things I can say that you should look at as a parent in your children between the ages of zero to three is can they breathe through their nose? Are they having problems with their adenoids or their tonsils? Breathing is what's going to affect your child's growth and development more than anything else. We can live without food for three weeks, without water for three days, without sleep. It depends from anywhere from three to 11 days, but we cannot live without oxygen for four to six minutes. So breathing is going to be very important. And when your child mouth breathes, they're always in fight or flight. They're not ever in rest and digest, and they get 18% less oxygen to their brain. ADHD symptoms and sleep disorder breathing and mouth breathing have the same symptoms. So it's important that we are assessing our children for any breathing difficulties that we have. And it's easier said than done. Dental disease is silent. And we're a society that only seeks treatment if we're in pain. And our healthcare system treats the symptoms that we're experiencing. Those symptoms are then treated, but we might not have actually addressed the root cause of what's happening. And that's where this is going to be important. With my cancer and having it cut out, I just went on with my life. Nobody mentioned my habits. Nobody asked, how was my mouth? Was it healthy? And all of this may have contributed to my cancer. I don't know. We didn't ask. We need more research. But I ended up having to change my habits. I changed my healthcare products. I changed my deodorant. I changed what I cleaned the house with. And I changed the foods that I eat because I want to prevent it from happening again. But all our healthcare system did was cut our cancer out, gave me some pills and said, you're good. We'll check you every six months. No follow-up, no blood test, no CTC scan, nothing to see if I still had the cancer or it was gone. So I found that very disturbing. And that's why I talk about prevention and knowing the root cause of what's happening. Because even if you treat the symptoms and you take a pill for every ill, you may not have addressed what was causing the problem to begin with. So if we do the same thing we've always done, we get the same thing we've always got. And so that is another reason to be your own healthcare advocate. You know yourselves and your children better than anyone else. And after you acquire habits and beliefs, we pass them down to our children, our grandchildren, and we get them from our parents and our grandparents. So it's important that we know what's going on because when you know better, you can do better. It takes three generations to undo the healthy habits in order to see what's happening with our kids and grandkids. Pottinger's theory of epigenetics, they did a study with cats, but it's happening with humans as well. And they studied what they fed cats, a raw diet or a cooked diet. And it affected the way the kittens grew and the kittens that were born after them grew. They weren't able to jump. They weren't able to land on their feet. It changed their facial structure and their bone structure just with what they fed the cats. So breathing and diet are really important to our kids. So what is epigenetics that Pottinger's theory talks about? Its implications are vast and what can happen. And this experiment showed the changes that occur and it provided physical degeneration associated with the mother's diet. And it inherited to her offspring what she was eating when it comes to the cats. So remember that genes are passed down through multiple generations. The opposite was also found true in the influence of a raw diet that was passed through generations. Those cats were healthier. We have the ability to stop the health implication for future generations if we recognize the choices that we're making now and change our actions and behaviors today. So this is why it's really important that we look at what we feed our kids. We look at what all of these processed foods and high sugar foods are doing to our bodies and our diets. If we're tired, 
if we're run down, we're drinking a lot of caffeine to stay up. The pills that we have are creating side effects. So if we can start our kids out with a good nutritious diet, a raw diet, chewing more, using their jaw muscles for chewing versus just smashing their foods with their tongue and giving them more processed foods and things to drink. Our kids really should be using their jaws to chew. We should look at where their tongue is. Our tongue should rest on the roof of our mouth. Even though we as humans can breathe through our mouth, we shouldn't. When you breathe through your nose, it filters, it warms, it humidifies the air and you get the nitric oxide CO2 exchange you need to get 18% more oxygen to your brain and body. You're going to sleep better. You're going to digest better and you're just going to overall feel better and have more energy. So breathing, diet, the pH of your mouth, brushing and flossing, making sure you get things looked at or knowing what to look for before you have pain or symptoms is going to be what's going to help make our kids and our grandkids healthier in the future. So hope this was helpful. Just a little bit of information about how our oral health is connected to our family and how it goes down into generations. What foods did our grandmothers prepare? Did our mothers prepare? Are we preparing for our children? I know that I don't cook a lot. My mom didn't cook a lot. I didn't learn that. So that wasn't something that I was passed down, but we did eat a lot of raw foods. So I always have celery and carrots and strawberries and blueberries and things like that in my fridge that you can just grab and go. But I do have a lot of junk food that we're transitioning from because of the cancer. I now know that almost everything I was eating was contributing to the cancer. Sugar comes in 80 different names and it's in almost everything we eat. So the more natural sugars we can get, the better. If you chew gum with the first active ingredient, xylitol in it, the xylitol comes from the center of a corn cob and it kills the bacteria called streptococcus mutans that cause cavities in their mouth. So even chewing gum with the first active ingredient, xylitol for five minutes a day can help reduce cavities in your mouth. So that's one simple thing you can do to prevent cavities. But one of the biggest things is making sure that you or your loved ones can breathe through their nose. And a good way to test this is to close your lips and time yourself if you can breathe through your nose for three minutes. If you cannot breathe through your nose for three minutes, you really should get an evaluation with an ENT because you could have a deviated septum, nasal polyps, something with your tonsils or your adenoids. And in order to breathe, those are things that we need to get looked at first. So an ENT would be the first place I would start and checking for breathing with you or your children. Because if you want to live a healthy life, you want to feel better, breathing is key. And it's also key to keeping your mouth healthy because a healthy mouth is a healthy body and a happy, healthy life. Thanks for listening. Till next time. If you'd like more information, you can go to www.dentalhygiene411.com or you can go to sherrywords.com backslash social and it will have all of the things that I am doing, free things, a paid challenge, a healthy mouth academy and myofunctional therapy to talk more. You can get a free consultation with me. Click the link below and we can talk more about what problems you're seeing with your mouth and how I might be able to help you live a happier, healthy life. Thank you for listening today. If something you heard made you smile, made you think, empowered you, awakened you, or left you feeling inspired, make sure you share this with a friend. Write us a review on iTunes so we can continue to change lives through this content. Make sure you tag us while you're listening on our Facebook page, Dental Hygiene 411, or hit the link in the show notes to join a conversation. Until next time, breathe through your nose and share a smile. After all, they're contagious.